Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Drunk Bible Study, the bonus edition, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to call it that from now on. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, this was an interesting couple, few chapters that we read back there. A lot happened. And David acquired a new lady, and that's what I'm here to talk about today. A couple, Who new ladies? A couple new ladies. You're right. I mean, one yeah. of them, was the other one even spoken? Like, it, did we get a name for her? Did she have any lines? We got a line. She definitely, I mean, sorry, we got she, a name. No she lines. Had, not a line. Yeah. She had no lines. Yeah. She was a no, name extra. Yeah. I mean, even the little story of Abigail was pretty sparse, but- I thought her story we was know cool. That, yeah, it was a cool, interesting story, and- so during it, basically, Abigail comes and, I mean, you just listened to the episode probably, <laughs> dear dear listener out there, but Abigail comes and uh, she is wife to Nabal, who has a ton of, you know, money and servants and oxen and all this stuff. And <laughs> yeah, she she kind of like throws him under the bus to David immediately upon meeting David and and says like, you know... He's not a he's a fool, essentially, like he is his namesake here, um, which is interesting. Yeah. So I was looking up because after after this happens, after she meets with David, um, Nabal dies. And there is this idea in the Bible that maybe she poisoned him. Maybe she poisoned him. Nabal? By idea in the Bible, you mean there's an idea floating cons- out there? Well, interpretation of the Bible that maybe she poisoned him? Well, we thought that immediately. We were like, because it said something like he turned to stone and then like 10 days later he was dead. And we were like, wait a minute, is this ricin or is this like rat poison? Like what happened well, here? Well, it's the fact that she told David basically like, oh, he's going to be out of the picture. Don't worry about it. And then yeah, he did. Exactly. That's, that's what to me made me think that she had a hand in it. Yeah. Well, and when you look this up on the internet, there's nothing obviously definitive that says, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, she killed him. But if you go to this very interesting website called SandraWilliams.org, she has a ton of different papers on such subjects. And this one is about these three characters, and it's like a very long dissertation (laughs) kind of talking (laughs) about it. But yeah, it's very interesting because she she speaks about the fact that David is seen kind of in the world as like this big, this man that like everything goes right for, you know, he gets out of all these binds and like God loves him and gives him whatever. And uh, he's committed maybe sort of treasonous thing, acts against God, but like has only gotten a slap on the hand, whereas someone like Saul totally, you know, gets super, God gets super angry at Saul. Mm-hmm. Um. And so it does say in this one, they're like, this is this is not a, a telling of the story that that most people would be would go for or would like believe is true. But they do think that Abigail might have decided, OK, we need to get Nabal out of the picture. We see how important David is and how important he's going to be in the grand scheme of things. And so she kind of plots and decides I'm going to go be with David and yeah, she kills him. She kills him with poison and then goes off. And yeah, it's interesting because it talks about one side of the Bible or one side of like people reading this think that like Abigail is virtuous and really, you know, loves David. And so she's like doing right by God because David is God's chosen one in many ways. Mm-hmm. But then this woman thinks, oh, no, she's she's, you know, going against her husband. And that's a really bad mm-hmm. thing. 
And so Abigail's actually more of like an anti-hero figure in the Bible. That's interesting. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's it's weird though that that this person has to then like put a bunch of moralism onto it. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's what most of these types of things do. It well, seems, sure, but I'm just, on the internet. <laughs> but I'm just thinking like you could also look at it another way and go, okay, yeah, it wasn't about her being so in love with David. It was about her making a political move for power, which is also just like what what David does. Yes. So like they are maybe a well-matched couple in that way, that they're both like very good at maneuvering for political power. Yeah, and kind of manipulating and stuff. And yeah, it even says like that David must find it sexy that that she's like kind of conniving and wants to go off and oh yeah and no he's thing, super like, into it yeah yeah do this thing like against her her husband who's the fool right and yeah it is pretty funny it's like oh she makes a detailed and powerful argument mixed with good salesmanship i'm like wow okay <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong i like, know that's she's not true. wrong um, but it essentially says that yeah like two weeks after these two people meet they get married which is, I didn't realize the timeline was that quick, but yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that's how quickly it happened. And like, if, it, if it's this time, and time enough for her to get home, poison the ball, yeah. have him die 10 days later, gather up her suitcase, and then right. well, pop yes. on over to David. And if you remember, she brought like, you know, all those skeins of wine and then all of right. the, well, the she only loaves brought, of bread. She only brought two bottles of wine. We were still disappointed about that. But <laughs> 200 loaves of bread, like right, right. it said that. It was like, why did she just have these loaves lying around? <laughs> and I went, you know, and it, that actually, essentially, well, yeah, that she like had premeditated this whole thing. She oh, heard I of see. David coming in. She was like, make all these loaves of bread servants and we're <laughs> going to take it down to David and we're going to get him to marry me. Mm, yeah, maybe. I guess it would make sense if if I'm thinking from her perspective, the alternative here is probably either at the very best. OK, if you know that, like, OK, all right, I'm just thinking about what what uh-huh. she may think her alternatives are, are to like stay with Nabal and hope that Nabal is a- somehow able to defeat David or stave off this attack. Uh-huh. Then you're still married to Nabal, who, as apparently the Bible says, like was a terrible dude that no one liked. Yeah. So that's like not a good scenario for her. Other option is stay with Nabal. Nabal gets killed by David and then be a widow of someone who's defeated by David. And that probably sucks. Or what's most likely is that David would probably come along and kill the entire family, including her and the servants, like just considering the way things were done in the Bible. Well, that was his, that was his plan. That was literally his plan. Right. Yeah. Just everybody. So I think it makes sense to maybe see her as maybe a little bit less like conniving for power and more of like, my only option Mm. is to jump ship. Sandra Williams. Sandra Williams thinks that she should have stood by her man, the original man. Well, and I'm Sandra, like, Sandra Williams would have ended up dead. <laughs> I'm like, Sandra, <laughs> Abigail was just like playing her cards right here, okay? Yeah. 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 So she just, I'm sure she weighed up all her options to just realize like, this is the best, this is the best one. Yeah. Totally. Gotta do exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Get bacon, servants. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. All right. Wow. So that's what I got. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about. Man children and those who pisseth against the wall. Did you did you uh, actually yes, encounter? Did you actually find anything about that? Oh okay, good. Jace. Oh, I'm excited. Oh Jace. wow. <laughs> um so okay. Uh, I'm gonna talk about this kind of in two acts, as it were. Oh, First wow. act, I'm gonna okay, talk okay. about this this translation of pisseth against the wall that's in the King James Version. Um you know, it literally is from the Hebrew word to make water, which was what they used as the word for pissing. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, and against the wall to make water against the wall. So it is like literally what you get on the tin. They're referring to people who piss against the wall. Okay. Um, okay. Now there's been a couple different interpretations of what that might mean. Um, uh, some people say that like, yeah, this is a very contemptuous phrase because of the idea that like at this time, culturally, the only people who do piss against the wall are um, either dogs uh. or like low-class citizens or slaves or literally little boys you know like apparently it's considered much more decent to actually squat because you're covered like your robe is covering you you know instead of just like whipping your junk out you Um, you gotta cover your feet instead you gotta cover your feet (laughs) even when you're um, being what that's i don't know yeah that was considered just more more decent you know like like less vulgar to do and so there is some discussion around does this mean literal little boys like he's saying i'm gonna kill every single last one of them even to the children and or does it just mean that it's just a a slur you know that he's just um he's insulting their masculinity which is he's insulting their masculinity calling them man children yeah got it (laughs) and it is ironic that now the most insulting thing that you could do to insult someone's masculinity is i mean maybe not the most insulting thing but is to imply that someone a man pees sitting down that it's kind of flip-flopped yeah that is a weird weird that's a really good point you know that like in our culture the more masculine way of peeing is standing up and against a wall what's what's more um (laughs) outside in front of everyone No. Now, okay. So that was as far as like the content of like this translation. Weird. Okay. Um, what I do love about doing the research for the bonus episodes is the wackadoodle sites that you come across. Yeah, like like I just came across. Yes. It's this whole other level. It's this whole other level of just interesting stuff that you find. So this site that I found this particular article on, um, was from a site called for what saith the scriptures dot org. Um, <laughs> yes. That's really good. Can we rename our podcast to that? <laughs> For what, what saith the, the scriptures dot org? Well, we'll, we'll be dot com. We'll dot podcast. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And it's also, as you can imagine, not a well-designed site. Looks like it came out of the 90s, yeah. even mm-hmm. though this particular blog post that I was reading from was from 2017. Oh, wow. Um, now, this particular article... It spends a little bit of time on the translation. They're like, yeah, maybe it means this, maybe it means that. The main concern of this article that I was reading was whether or not it's even okay to say the word piss in the Bible. What? Because of the fact that it's like, what? Isn't that vulgar? And so it goes into this long etymological, uh, like, uh, what do I want to call it? Like, yes, diatribe of just like, well, piss originally came from this word and from this old English word, which came from the Latin word and the French word. And so therefore it wasn't vulgar back in this day when it was being. So anyway, now that all kind of gets summed up in the conclusion. Now the conclusion to this article, I'm going to read to you because it's kind of like um, giving directions to someone who's going to be preaching on this passage Hmm. and how to handle it. So (laughs) these are the instructions. Okay. Before your audience, read the pisseth against the wall verses as they are. Okay, that's in bold. Read it as they are. It is no different than the authorized versions ass verses that refer to a donkey. Mm. Then be very careful to clarify and say, let me stop a few moments to explain this special phrase. (laughs) Urinate was a new word at the time of the authorized versions production, which was in 1611. Uh, It had not come into common English usage yet. Piss was the older and more familiar term. It was purer then than it is now. It was not vulgar then as it is today. Now, to the against the wall part. (laughs) 
At the time of this Bible verse, in the East, it was common for an adult man to sit down and urinate, thus giving him privacy. Now, this is in brackets. Notice how you switch the term here from piss to urinate as you are no longer directly quoting the authorized version. Oh, this is very... You really got to practice this. Yeah, geez. A boy was less indecent, exposing himself while urinating. The term, he that pisseth against the wall, refers strictly to a boy rather really? than an adult man. Uh, th- okay, this was literally in quotes of like, this is what this person wants you to say right. to okay. your audience. To your, oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, um, okay, okay. Wow, goodness. And then goes uh, this conclusion goes on for another three paragraphs, basically <laughs> explaining how like... Uh, you can't criticize the Bible. There is no wrong translation. Like, there is no disrespectful interpretation. And, like, to skip over this is to let the Bible haters and the Bible critics see it as an occasion to misunderstand the Bible. Um, you know what I love is that this person has now inadvertently defended us and our podcast. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Right? There is no, there is no, you know, shameful interpretation of the Bible or whatever. <laughs> Well, we're not even, uh, are we even, like, interpreting it? And we're just trying to interpret it. We're trying to, like, figure something out that's happening. Well, you know, he's just has a meta-interpretation yeah. of an interpretation. That's true. Right here. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyway, I just love the fact that, like, I went looking for piss and I found this whole you found gold it. mine. You found it. You found a gold <laughs> You found mine. a gold mine indeed. Oh, yeah. goodness. Yeah. Wow, there it is. Wow. Uh, it is. <laughs> okay, so to finish us out here, I was trying to look up the thing about Michal being given to someone else. I'm like, wait, can yeah. Saul do that? Are there take backsies with with brides being given with away? Wives-ies. <laughs> take backsies with wivesies? What's the deal? So so in looking this up, uh I didn't I didn't find anything specific about like whether that was a normal practice or that that was something that you could do. And it, it seems to indicate that it's not. Like that that's not a thing you okay. could do. However, some things they point out is the fact that Basically, it's that so David, you know, got married to Michal. She loved him and and they got married. Right. And then remember when David was running away and she hid the teraphim in the bed. You know, she did the Ferris Bueller's Day Off thing, you know, had the had the dummy in the (laughs) bed. And then when they came and, and, you know, he ran away and she lied for him and then they got pissed off that. It pointed out there's no mention of David ever trying to contact her again after that. He's just like, peace, <laughs> I'm out. Peace out, lady. And oh. so, so then Saul giving her away to someone else is sort of this like, well, he's gone, he gone. right? He, he's gone. You, you know, we've got to marry you off to someone else. Like, you're free again, so I'm going to marry you to this other dude. Now, what's interesting is that this story of her getting married off to the other dude is not done yet. So I don't want to spoil anything, but just huh. like keep your ears peeled. This is going to come back later. Um, wow. But then the other thing they pointed out is, um, well, I guess just that thing of like, well, so what does this mean about David's relationship with her? And it kind of, to go back to what we were talking about with Abigail, reminds me a little bit of that, like, well, is this all just political maneuvering for David then? And Definitely. That, that for him, it wasn't so much about love for her, even though it might have been f- her for him we know where his heart yeah well, he's clearly yeah. in love with jonathan that's true but yeah anyway just that he kind of is like okay whatever <laughs> and then and then leaves um it does raise some interesting questions though about her legal ability to get married to someone else because as we've talked about before like there's some kind of weird laws there where technically she couldn't marry someone else without a divorce, 
or her husband dying or something. But again, Saul's mm-hmm. the king, so maybe he can just sort of wave his hand and make that go away. But this question of the legality of her marriage is also going to come back up again when when this story picks back up. So anyway, I don't want to give away too much, but we're going to deal more with her and her marriages and how David's related to all of it uh, a little bit later. That's exciting. All right. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, we will see you all next week with the next episode of Drunk Bible Study. Until then, have a great week.